back, everyone, to This is CX, Customer Experience Podcast. Uh, I'm Mike Manfredo. And this is Paul Hagen. Hey, Paul. How are you doing today? Oh, excellent. It's Friday in spring. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Glad to hear it. Uh, so today, um, we wanted to talk a little bit about um, customer experience operating models. Um, I think that was a topic that you know we, we've talked about structure and and kind of components that go into it at various points. But um, I think we wanted to kind of bring it all together and talk about how, how do we set up a, a CX operating model? Yeah, Mike, you've been you've been doing some really interesting work with clients uh, recently around both CX governance and the, the operating models, which, in, you know, in my mind are, are just the core to executing, you know, actually executing on a customer experience strategy and operationalizing customer experience. You know, a lot of people talk about it and have great uh, aspirations and hopes, uh, but don't move that into um, to action. So I, I've got a lot of questions. Why don't we switch things up today? And how about if I, uh, I'd love to pick your brain about what you're seeing in, uh, in setting these things up and taking them to the next level um, that I think our interest, our listeners would be interested in. Done good? Sounds good, Paul. Happy to do it. Let's let's go. All right. All right. Well, so talk about what is a what is a CX operating model? When you talk about that and when you talk about governance, what do, what do you really mean um, by that or what are our clients seeking out? Yeah. So, I mean, in terms of CX operating model, like you mentioned, it's really a way to begin operationalizing your your kind of overall customer experience strategy. Um, it really helps to define kind of the purpose the structure, the people, and processes to effectively execute on your CX vision and uh, executing that the roadmap that you would typically put together. Uh, you mentioned, yeah, I've been doing some work with a client of ours. Um, we helped build their initial uh, future CX vision and strategy and roadmap. And com- coming out of that, um, they needed to essentially build a CX operating model from scratch. And so we've gotten a chance to, to help them really lay that foundation to begin operationalizing uh, their overall CX strategy. Well, and, and so when you think about the components then that go into, in, into it, you know, laying it for, the, for a foundation, you know, this will be actually interesting for any company that's even got something in place. What are the, what are the core components that, you know, you're building for, for a client or that any, any uh, customer experience program ought to have in place? Yeah, absolutely. So um, one of the, the the core components of the CX operating model is the charter. Um, so you know, charters are are used for uh, kind of a number of different things in in the business world, but um, the whole point of the charter is to define what the operating model is, what it is being tasked with, what are its objectives, um, really the scope of of its existence. Um, to really help then drive a lot of the uh, questions or drive the answers to questions of, you know, what does this look like in terms of structure and people and and all the other things that we talked about. So um, at the heart of it, we start with the charter. Um, And then from there, again, like I mentioned, talk about the structure, uh, the actual organization structure of this operating model. How does it fit within the organization? talk about the processes that and, and kind of elements of the operating model, the things that that the structure and the people execute in order to operationalize the customer experience strategy, um, understanding the metrics of how we uh, 
show success, right? How do we measure success? Um, and then they're, they're kind of a number of tools that ultimately go into uh, to being able to execute. But at the end of the day, you can think of the CX operating model really as the CX function within the organization. It all starts with that charter. Well, I'm curious. Let me start with that charter then. And, you know, so one of the questions that popped into my head immediately was, you know, how does that connect to, you know, say a, a vision or a North Star? Um, you know, we, we often start with cl- with clients and talking about what, what are you trying to achieve? Why, why customer experience now? Um, what does the end state look like? Um, and be very explicit, get a, a vivid description of, of the experience you're trying to deliver. Um, you know, so how does a charter connect to, you know, some of that, that, that North star vision? Yeah. So really the charter helps to bring, I think, um, some tangibility of how we're going to execute and, and begin to deliver that North star. Right. So, so really the idea here is, um, the charter allows us to, to identify key activities, um, and, and role and kind of responsibilities of the operating model um, that at the end of the day, the whole goal is to begin executing and delivering that North Star promise. So you have that vision, right? Uh, when you're building a strategy, you have that end state vision of the type of experience you want to deliver. Uh, you think about how as employees, um, you know, how do we how do we get them to deliver on that experience um, in terms of the mindset, right? Those guiding principles, uh, kind of the hearts and minds of our employees on how to deliver the experience. And then the operating model is really, all right, getting down to brass tacks, wh- what is this operating model going to do to actually enable that vision? So things like being able to manage um, and, and um, ensure the, the execution of the strategy, um, helping organizations build a deeper customer understanding, um, right? Thinking about, um, standardizing the experience across the organization, right? These are all things that you might consider as part of the charter of a CX operating model. Yeah. And, it, you know, as soon as you said standardizing the experience, then immediately my mind went to, well, what kind, what's the experience that we're trying to standardize across? And, and, and that's the connection to immediately, right? If we're doing ease of doing business, um, you know, as a component, or we want to be trustworthy, or we want to, you know, be the fun spirited, uh, you know, create fun spirited uh, things, you know, immediately there are metrics that are involved with that. And, and so, right. The, 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 you know, embedded within now I'm going to do a set of projects and hold people accountable uh, to those set of standards. Uh, you you kind of have to have that North star uh, um, connected to it, you know, and the charter is probably an interesting place to start that. Um, some of the other components you said, uh, you, you know, there's connections as well. Yeah. And so coming out of the charter right now that we know what the operating model is being tasked to do, uh, we can then start to think about, well, who are the people or what are the roles and relationships that need to be Mm. built within the organization to actually start executing on this? Um, And so structure comes into play here. I think the interesting thing, um, when people start, when organizations start to think about structure, they immediately jump to boxes and people, right? Yep. Okay, I need to add four new people to this, you know, within a box or four boxes to a bigger box. And how am I going to get that? What are, you know, and they kind of think of it, 
starting there. Um, one of the things that we that we actually did was think about it more from a competency standpoint. So regardless of the number of people, right, you almost treat the operating model as as a as an individual or collective of people thinking about what are the skill sets and the activities that individuals need to be able to do or execute in order to, for us to deliver that, that vision um, through the charter. So we start really with competencies and the idea of there are core CX competencies in terms of skill sets and activities that an organization has to be able to build and mature over time, right? Um, in order to become a, a CX-driven organization. Um, so, well, let, me, uh, you let, know, me, let me stop you there. And yeah. when you're just, just the, you know, we won't get into the framework, but when you're thinking competencies, give a couple of examples. Yeah, absolutely. So, in fact, um, you know, the CXPA has a set of six core competencies, right, around customer experience strategy. Uh, you might think about customer insights uh, as a competency, um, uh, human-centered design or uh, CX design as a competency. Uh, think right. about um, employee experience, right, and engagement. These are all these are all competencies that have a set of skill sets and activities that are required of really any sort of CX-driven organization to ensure that um, you're you're truly delivering that end-state vision. But well, excellent, and you know, as you're talking too, what, what you know struck me is you know it, it, no CX organization is ever going to transform the experience alone, and and so thinking about competencies and how broad those competencies should be. Um, you know, oftentimes when we, in strategy, we, we, you know, one of the key kinds of things that we, we often talk about is how good do you want to be? You know, are you just trying to catch up or are you trying to, you know, be the best in class in your industry? Or are you trying to be the best in class in all industries? And that, you know, that then suggests with the structure, how big and bold your, your set of competencies should be, um, you know, within the customer experience organization itself with boxes, but then across the, 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 the broader, uh, enterprise, um, as well, which is, which is pretty interesting. Yeah. And I, I think where the importance of competencies really come in is to the idea of CX is not necessarily a program, right? A lot of times CX gets boxed into as, oh, it's a project or it's a program. Mm. No, the, the fact that you're building competencies means really that, it, or the, the whole purpose of building competencies is to have something that's more everlasting, mm -hmm. right? That it goes in in perpetuity because it is now a skill set or a knowledge that we have within our organization and, and things that we can leverage to begin uh, or, and maintain and in terms of operationalizing, right? So I, I think that's that's one of the things that sets CX as a way of doing business apart from you know some strategic initiatives, yes, but they may be more project or program based. Yeah, great. Hey, Mike, you've talked about uh, some some of the components of an operating model, the charter. We've gotten into structure a bit. Um, you talked about process uh, a, a, as a third component. You want to talk about what is what is the process? How do how you walk walk through an example process of you know how how does the operating model work? Yeah, absolutely. So I think um, so in terms of process, um, you know, right away, governance comes to mind. Um, it's actually interesting. And one of the things that I've, I've seen now in, a, in several organizations, actually, is this idea of, well, governance is structure, right? Uh, we have people who are making decisions. 
governance is really a process to to make a decision, right? Um, yes, you have people within that structure who are making decisions, but in order to make a decision, it has to follow a process, and and so that's one that is one of the key processes within um, w- within a CX operating model is that governance process, which goes from in taking a request, right? So it's it's leveraging research and data that we have around our customers and challenges that we have. It's identifying those potential initiatives to either find and fix or begin to elevate our experience. Um, it, and, it, and as part of that intake, you know, you're capturing things like, and really kind of around a business case, right, of the value to the customer and the value to the organization, how much it's going to cost, timelines, et cetera. Then it, at that point, it needs to go into... Um, some sort of governing body, right? Who can then review, prioritize, understand, uh, and compare the value that a specific initiative might have compared to others, um, and then and then essentially uh, bless it and, and move it forward. Allocate resources uh, to it, and, and account- exactly and, and accountability. Um, that strikes me as being really important. There, it's it's huge, and and a lot of times you, people think that again governance equals structure. But when you do that, there's, there isn't, there isn't necessarily accountability, right? We have people who are going to make decisions, but how do we make the decision? Who's responsible for making that decision, right? That a lot of times is not clearly set forth. And I think that's where some organizations struggle. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think some of the other processes, or I might call them elements of, of an operating model include uh, continuously reviewing and updating uh, appropriately your North Star vision, right? Um, it's interesting. A lot of times we start off with that end state vision, but as you learn more about your customers, as you learn more about your organization, you may want to tweak that over time. So it, it, to, to truly reflect and ensure that you're, you are uh making the correct promise or the right promise for your organization to your customers. Um, so it's managing that. It's managing the roadmap of initiatives that the, and, and kind of that portfolio of projects to be able to deliver that promise. It's the, the processes around um, key customer insights. So it's going out there, doing research, distilling the insights, and then what do you do with that, right? Oh, you need to make them actionable. So that needs to go through the process uh, and go back into, frankly, the governance process, right? So it all flows through there. Yeah, that's interesting because um, you, re- you you almost circled right back to the intake, right? Intake can be about, exactly. you know, you've actually been, you know, paying attention to customers and and we need to do these five things, but, you know, employees or and frontline folks may, may, may be, you know, they're your, they're, they're, you, eyes and ears on customers and may have really great ideas and how, how you uh, fix internal processes or things that are really getting, you know, annoying customers or forcing, you know, creating detractors out of them. And, and, you know, those could feed that as well. And you're right back in it. Yep, exactly. And so that's why, frankly, again, the governance process is so key yeah. and it is a process because it all comes back to that. Yeah. Um, so, well, super. Yeah. So, so charter structure processes, metrics you talked about, um, you know, as being, you know, that strikes me as being critical because ultimately, you know, you're trying to measure and, and monitor what's, what's going on. Talk to me about how metrics fits into the, into, into the operating model. Absolutely. So anytime you put a CX strategy together, and we've, we've talked about this on several of our episodes, um, uh, you got to be able to show that you're making progress, right? So it's start, starting with defining what success looks like um, in terms of, uh, you know, in terms of the overall 
value that this, that CX can deliver to the organization. But then how do we actually show marked improvement? Um, we've talked about kind of the, the idea of the, the balance scorecard mm-hmm. or, or the, uh, you know, the components of focusing on customer experience metrics and, and how successful we are, you know, uh, we, we are in delivering value to our customers. How successful are we empowering our our employees to be able to deliver that value, how successful we are in terms of, frankly, there's always going to be an operational efficiency component, right? So as we're improving experience, um, we're delivering value by improving our processes um, uh, that ultimately, um, you know, support more efficient experiences for our customers. Um, So, and then that should all kind of equate to a, a harder um, you know, economic value that CX can deliver. And so you, being able to um, identify key metrics across those across that balance to show overall success is critical to, frankly, validate the existence of this CX operating model, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, we live in a... We live in a world of competing priorities. And so if you are, you know, you've got executive leadership super stoked about, you know, using CX as a way to, um, you know, drive competitive advantage. But if you can't show a differentiation exactly, but if you can't show that you're actually mar- making success um, and, and tying it to economic value, um, you're going to your your life expectancy may be much shorter than than what it could be so um so again measurement and metrics is crucial um to to be able to show and, and frankly celebrate hopefully uh the progress that you're making right um in terms of for your customers and for your organization yeah absolutely it's you know it strikes me as that those are those are the, the, we talk about a North Star, but in some ways the metrics are the North Star. Um, and and I'm, I'm always a little hesitant to say that because um, I think you can get too caught up in the metrics and forget the, the intent uh, of what are you trying to do and why are you trying to do it. But there's a signaling mechanism that your metrics give you that say you're on, on you know, you're on the right track. Um, you're on the way to differentiation, you know, and so often we see with companies, you know, we want to create this differentiated experience and they leave it at there and don't define what that is or how they'd even measure it. How do we know that we're right. differentiating with our experience? You know, what did our, what are the signals that we should get out of customer behavior, out of customer sentiment, those types of thought of employee sentiment that give us a sense that we're on the right track and we're, you know, they're almost beacons. Um, so that's great. Going back to that idea of being a beacon, right, um, and, and not getting caught up in the world of metrics, and you know, um, I totally agree. And that actually, again, going back to the idea of processes within an operating model, you should constantly be revisiting those set of metrics and and asking um, the organization, you know, does this make sense for what we're trying to accomplish? And a metric may have a frankly, a kind of a lifespan of a certain amount of time, and then it may not become relevant or we need to find a new way to to show continued um, success. So I think it's something that, um, you know, in terms of building metrics and frankly, again, measurement, uh, CX measurement is an evolution, right? In terms of maturity and, and what you're looking at as you go from kind of find and fix to more elevated and, and to optimized kind of a, an approach. Um, and so, um, making sure that you don't get too bogged down into the into the metrics um, is super critical. Super. So we've talked charter, we've talked structure, set of processes from governance to strategy to you know I can imagine even closed loop processes and voice to the customer. We talked metrics. 
Um, last thing that you, you mentioned were tools. Um, we don't have a lot of time and I feel like we could probably spend an episode on each of the tools, but give it a high level, some of the the key tools that, uh, you know, as, as you're putting a govern, an operating model in place, you know, uh, customer experience leaders should consider getting for themselves. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, going back to the idea of metrics, uh, a singular CX dashboard is I think critical, uh, a critical tool, something that again, it, it's not going to be fully developed day one, but uh, something that you build on over time. But you, it, it's in, it, it, really the dashboard is kind of your, really your map. How, how close are we to our destination? Because we're seeing that we're actually moving the needle. It's funny. I, went, I was, I was watching Better Call Saul, an episode last night and uh they, they had a tracking, there was a tracking device and the guy was just watching where the tracking device and following where that <laughs> tracking device goes. And this, your dashboard is almost that tracking tracking device. So we are we honing in on where we're going. Good. Exactly. Um, so then in, in combination with that, there there's two, two things that go side by side, which is what we kind of think of as a CX project portfolio. Mm-hmm. So it's that, it's that backlog or it's that roadmap of initiatives and uh, things that we're going to do to address the, uh, you know, experience improvements or enhancements. Um, but coupled with that, this idea of a project prioritization matrix, um, and really they should kind of be coupled together because you can come up with a whole list of uh, great ideas. But again, and I think we've talked about kind of those blue chip moments and those white chip moments. How do we prioritize um, those initiatives to ensure that we're delivering the most value to both the customer and the organization. Um, and, and then from a timing and budgetary perspective and all the other considerations. So being able to prioritize those projects appropriately. Um, and, and it's interesting, you know, whether that that's focused just in the CX world or depending on your structure and operating model within the organization, you may have to look organization wide and take into consideration other projects that are either coming into the the purview of CX or require CX resources, et cetera, you need to be able to prioritize that appropriately. Um, and then the other two that, I, that come to mind are um, this idea of a customer insights report. So when you're learning more about your customers and you're gathering data, that should not just stay within the CX team or the CX operating model. It should go organization-wide. So that way people understand really what's happening with the customer, um, where there are pain points, but where there are successes too. Um, and then finally, the idea of a, of a communication plan uh, for customer experience specifically, especially as you're starting your operating model and, and starting to execute your CX strategy, right? The idea of you've got to bring the organization along. You have to help them understand why they should care, what's in it for them, educate them so that way they understand the importance of this uh, becoming a customer-centered organization. And so you want to be very strategic and, and pointed in how you communicate. Uh, think about what message you're going to deliver when, to who, through which medium, so that way it, it, it can be the most effective. You know, as you were saying those things, I was thinking, you know, around the prioritization tool, you know, re- the cadence of when you, when you do projects and the impact it'll have both on employees as well as customers and and timing those become you know we do a lot of work in uh, in in project management or program management offices PMOs uh, or transformation offices and uh, you know you know that cadence becomes you know part of that you know the timing com- becomes part of that prioritization as well as well as the change management you know and the communications absolutely employees and out to customers about hey change has happened or is 
is coming. We heard your, we heard your, uh, we heard what you were uh, working on. You know, we heard your feedback and we're taking action. And here's when you can expect it. Okay, now it's here. Um, super, super interesting. Um, hey, now, let me let me end just kind of on that note. You know, so like I said, we do a lot of work with with PMOs um, or whatever they're called within you know transformation offices. <laughs> Sometimes you know in integrations of uh, with mergers do integration management offices. And there feels like there's a lot of similar stuff. If we got a lot to do, how do we manage? How do we prioritize it and manage or agile teams as well from more of the software development side? But you know, how do how do they differ? You know, how does a CX model operating model differ from from say a you know a, a PMO or a IMO or a transformation office? Yeah, so I, I think. Uh... I think the biggest difference, uh, frankly, comes down to though those organizations, and you think about going back to the charter and the the scope of those structures and and functions, um, they're very much focused on um, tactical execution and alignment. So very similar from a CX perspective, but I think there's the the focus on uh, really uh, in terms of customer research. Um, and some of the other things that, and and then how CX ultimately plays across the organization. I think those are two big differences, right? So, um, so for example, um, where the CX operating model uh, might slightly differ is that um, CX could actually tactically help the delivery of. Uh, ability of the organization on a specific solution. So if let's say you let's say in your depending on your structure of your CX operating model, right? And you have more of what I might consider a federated approach or kind of this cross collaboration where CX collaborates with other organizations. You may have lines of business that they they do engage with customers based on a product or a service or a solution that they have, but they may want to partner with the CX team to actually help design what that experience should be based on data that they have about the customer or information they have um, based on some of our own design elements, right? That, that idea of mm. customer experience design using some of those other competencies that we have, right? Um, though the, I, I think CX can, frankly, I think they kind of roll up their sleeves a little bit more and get ingrained in some of that tactical execution piece more than say an integration management office or a PMO where they tend to be over the top and just kind of, all right, where are we on this? Where are we on this? Where are we on this? Yes, we need alignment. And again, the CX operating model has a lot of elements of that uh, to ensure that we have uh, alignment across the organization and focus on the, on the customer or on the customer. Um, but I think, I think one of the big things is just being able to get in there and really kind of roll up your sleeves and, and help move the organization That's forward. That's interesting because we see a lot of companies with uh, customer experience change agent or champions types of programs. And to the extent that, you know, and or, uh, you know, uh, uh, blending CX teams with, you know, a lean or a, a business process improvement uh, a team. You know, if you're starting to put those types of folks, you know, imagine a black belt with uh, uh, equipped with, mm -hmm. you know, with a right mindset and equipped with a, a set of design thinking tools and, and who gets kind of that broader customer experience vision 
and the set of metrics we're aiming at now suddenly embedded in in some of the the projects that are part of that prioritization and and either being a team member and or leading those projects for for doing the improvement that's that's pretty powerful um, yeah so yeah, yeah interesting um, and I know some companies have you know are, are use PMOs a lot um, some of them have uh, some companies have kind of allergic reactions to those and you know they're, <laughs> they're sort of you know there is certainly a move from you know more project based work to agile um you know outcomes based uh work which gets really really interesting and uh we've talked about some of the work that you know companies like humana uh and uh uh are are doing with their fast start program and in 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 really sort of moving moving from uh you know into a much more of an experimentation and delivery uh type of organization so super interesting to to see the, some yep. of that overlap yeah, exactly. Well, hey, Mike, we're out of time, but this was so much fun putting you on the hot seat this this week. All right. Appreciate everyone joining and listening and uh, hope you have a terrific day. Take care, guys. 